Welcome to the Holistic Psychiatry Podcast. I'm Courtney Snyder, a physician and holistic adult and child psychiatrist. In today's episode, I'll be talking about the left brain traits and right brain traits and knowing when we need to call in the other half of our brain. So this particular newsletter, which I also do in audio, does have a number of images. So if you're interested in checking out those to help delineate these right and left brain traits, um, you can visit my website, CourtneySnyderMD.com, or the newsletter, Holistic Psychiatry, on Substack. Though both brain hemispheres are continuously working together in complex ways, there are attributes which are more strongly associated with each side. We're using the left brain when we reach out to grasp a berry. We're using the right brain when we scan our environment, noticing the berries over here, the nuts over there, and the lion in the distance that could be ready to ruin our day. This matters because many of us can get stuck grasping for berries, such as the case in addictions, obsessions, excessive attention to details. We can forget to look up. Many of us can also get stuck in the big picture, all the possibility and even potential threats and not tend to the details required to get the berries onto the table. The reason I love the left brain, right brain model is that it can help us better recognize when we need to call in that other half of our brain. Just like a muscle, if we aren't using those neurons, they're not going to be there when we need them. And just like a muscle, we can strengthen what we've been neglecting. Knowing the traits of the left and right brain can help us know where those weaknesses are. Each week, I try to alternate what I consider right and left brain topics for my brain and for yours, but today I thought it would be good to give a refresher or introduction to this topic and these traits. Much of what I'm drawing from and expounding upon come from a great book about the right and left hemispheres titled The Master and His Emissary, The Divided Brain and the Making of the Western World by Dr. Ian McGilchrist, a Scottish psychiatrist. So what I'll do is list symptoms of the left brain personified. And fitting with the left brain, these will be lists. So I'll start with left brain attention, how the left brain experiences the body, emotions, others, objects, and the future, even how the left brain would problem solve. Then I'll talk about a general left brain perspective and what a right brain perspective would look like. So to start with left brain attention, the left brain has narrowly focused attention as opposed to a broader and more flexible mode of attention. It's detail-oriented, it prefers what it knows and prioritizes what it expects as opposed to having an openness to whatever exists out there. It prefers singular solutions that fit with what it already knows, as opposed to having flexibility of thought and an array of possible solutions. It has difficulties disengaging, so consider addictions, obsessions, or getting lost in the details. This can include internet addiction. Wherever you are right now, you could stop 
and you could focus on something right in front of you. And then you could look up, even if you're within a room, and just widen your view. And in doing that, that is shifting, I would say, your predominant hemisphere that you're drawing from. And again, we're always using both. But that would take you more in the direction of the right. And you might also notice a shift in how you feel in your body. So this is a tool that I use to avoid getting stuck in the left brain, uh, which for me means feeling numb, uninspired, and being too wordy in these newsletters or podcasts. So I will try to look up and I will try to get up and move around, walk around to shift into my right brain. It tends to see parts as opposed to the whole. It takes things more literally as opposed to seeing things more in context. It doesn't necessarily grasp humor or metaphor as opposed to having an appreciation of these which the right brain would. The left brain relationship to body and emotions. So the left brain would see the body as a sum of its parts. I talked about this in a recent newsletter. And it doesn't have a sense of having a whole body image the way the right brain does. It has an excessive appetite for sex or food, which is usually out of keeping with a person's nature. It can be angry or detached emotionally as opposed to happy, sad, or fearful. If it is depressed, it has an apathy as opposed to a deep sadness. Regarding relationships to others, the left brain would be more concerned with categories and types as opposed to being concerned with uniqueness and individuality. And so we can think about stereotyping and even the current extremes of our political divide. The left brain has social interactions that reflect less regard for the feelings, wishes, needs, and expectations of others. It is superficial in terms of its social engagement. It has at times unchecked, meaningless, and excessive speech. As far as the left brain's relationship to objects, it needs to collect, and it has an over-concern with getting and making. It is more concerned with man-made objects than with living individuals, and it has an affinity for what is mechanical. Left brain problem solving. The left brain prefers what it knows. It expects a single solution as opposed to a range of possibilities. Creative solutions are not considered by the left brain. Relationship to the future. The left brain fears uncertainty and lack of control. It needs certainty. It needs to be right. It needs to be correct. It is competitive. Interestingly, it has a more optimistic view of itself and the future, even if this is unwarranted. So as you can see, the left brain sees the world quite differently than as I'll describe the right, and I've made some comparisons already. The left brain would have its sights set on success, titles, money, objects, or anything else that feeds the eye. It will also have us obsessing over our health and excessively surfing the internet for answers. Because the left brain doesn't have the ability to see the big picture, it has a hard time pulling back far enough to see how its way of thinking may be getting in the way. As Dr. McGill Chris's book points out, our Western culture increasingly has us believe the left brain is the master, 
However, it is not. The right brain perspective. When we are viewing the world more from the right brain, we are in the moment, experiencing ourselves as part of something larger, feeling connected to humanity, seeing the bigger picture of our lives, and feeling in tune with our bodies. It is predominantly from the right brain that we create, laugh, cry, and experience wonder, curiosity, and awe. A totally right brain existence, however, can be problematic as well. We do need a degree of structure to our lives and to our emotional states to avoid becoming overwhelmed and lost. Still, for most of us, bringing more of a right brain perspective can bring an ease to life that the left brain never will. It's arguable if the soul resides anywhere within us, it would be in the right hemisphere, while the ego would be in the left. Just as the left brain isn't bad, neither is the ego. It's just not an effective place from which to make decisions. So for each of those categories, I had a visual, and then I conclude with a larger visual that really summarizes the left and right brain traits in terms of attention, the body, emotions, how we perceive others, objects, how we problem solve, and how we look to the future. And I ask the question, which would you rather lead, the right brain or the left brain? At our best, our healthiest, our highest selves, we make decisions from the intuitive right brain and then use the left brain to essentially get the details of the job done before pulling back and appreciating whatever it was we did, created, shared. Lastly, I'd like to comment on methylation because if you're familiar with methylation, a biochemical process, you'll notice that under-methylation has many traits consistent with those of the left hemisphere and over-methylation with the right. Similarly, the diagnoses associated with under-methylation generally are the diagnoses associated with right hemisphere dysfunction, and thus an over-functioning left hemisphere. In future episodes, I'll explore how our physiology, so this could be our genetics, biochemistry, attachment, states of inflammation, and so forth, may be causing us to get stuck in one hemisphere. And I'll continue to alternate between left and right brain topics. In the meantime, I'd love to hear how you call in your right or left brain. And for those who are paid subscribers, look out for a midweek newsletter on how we can apply this model to bringing our highest self to holiday or any other gathering. Until next time, take care.